On the air at News Radio 1070 WKOK and online at WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunrise. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here at the Anchor Desk. Rob Center, the fabulous producer. Matt Catrillo's out there. We see his notes and texts and everything's landing in the newsroom. So he's uh, working from home. We're making sure everything falls together nicely as the day will progress today in the newsroom. Uh, on the news line with us now, Heather Schneider is back. She's an education specialist with Transitions of Pennsylvania. Uh, we've been talking about the National Child Safety and Prevention Month that's underway this month and the outreach and education efforts of the Union Snyder Child Safety Coalition, and they have a public education campaign that's underway. We talked to a state police spokesman last week and the Snyder County DA earlier this month, and we're glad to say that Heather's back on the line and to talk about uh, what is basically exploitation. So, Heather, first of all, thank you so much for calling in today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Good morning. I really do appreciate it. I think this is a tough topic, and we have so much to learn, and you're so knowledgeable about this that it's always an eye-opener. When we are talking about the exploitation of children, what are we talking about as it relates to our area? And maybe just a quick glimpse of what are we talking about in, in the world when we're talking about that. Well, you have to understand, first, to, to define it, it's, you know, we're not saying that kidnapping and random choices of, of, uh, of uh, victims can't be part of it, but in our area and what we're used to dealing with is that the victim usually ends up knowing some, in some form or fashion the trafficker. Human trafficking is a crime where people profit from the exploitation of these victims, and it occurs when one person manipulates another person into sex acts in exchange for something of value. It doesn't always have to be money. It can be food, shelter, drugs, you know, things like that. And we have that around here. We have uh, victims uh, that have come forward, perhaps been uh, in contact with transitions of PA in one way or another, and uh, we have perpetrators who've been captured around here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and looking over some of the reports, um, yesterday I was kind of just trying to go through and, and look at it. And in Pennsylvania, in the last three years, the statistics are, now these are total charges for trafficking in the, over the past three years in Pennsylvania. There's been 1,274 charges against individuals selling sex, but only 443 charges that were for those buying sex. And in the past three years, we've had four related cases in Union County. And, and just to our north in Lycoming County, we've had 16 related cases. Now these are just where charges, you know, have come into the picture. It's, it's, not, the, it's not the cases that have happened within a family unit where um, th- these victims are reluctant to report. They're reluctant to report to begin with, but now you're dealing with not wanting to get someone in trouble. Uh, victims don't usually identify, um, self-identify as victims of trafficking. It's a very complicated, it's a very misunderstood criminal activity. It's, it's you know, human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. And what should we know? What should we do? What should we keep an eye out for? Sort of give us the uh, steps at prevention. Well, you know, here's the thing, because when we look at 
the, the traffickers and how the victims get involved, they're usually it's through force, fraud, and coercion, and they're lied to, they're threatened, they're abused, um, they're given drugs or they're withheld drugs, they're, they're, their basic needs are, are withheld from them, they're, there's threats to kill um, or harm them, the victim, or a loved one. There's debt bondage, thinking that what the trafficker has spent on them is a debt that has to be repaid one way or another. Um, they get threatened with deportation or they're withheld, their legal documentation is withheld. There's just a lot of things that, that keep a victim there. There's red flags that can include controlling or an abusive relationship, lack of access to their important documents like birth certificates, driver's licenses, passports, things like that. Um, you'll see signs of malnourishment and abuse, and especially um, tattoos and brandings are, are very popular. Most people that have tattoos like to share the story about that because it, it has meaning. Most victims of trafficking, when they're branded with the possession of their, as being the possession of their trafficker, don't want to really share the background of, of that tattoo. And there's a lot of places that uh, for victims and survivors of trafficking that want to have those brands or those tattoos removed, there are places that will do it for free for those individuals. And if you notice somebody's appearance changing or their mood or their behavior or they're being isolated from friends and family and they're talking about staying with someone who has taken them in uh, or is is responsible for them. A lot of times you'll see people that these victims that will even come into like emergency departments at hospitals and they'll be with someone older, a little bit more aggressive in their behavior and will do all the talking for them. Victims usually have a tendency to be told don't make eye contact with anybody, don't share any information with anybody and they're basically told that law enforcement and anybody that tries to reach out to help them is bad and they should stay away from those types of people. All right. And are most of the victims girls? Um, statistics do indicate that the majority of the victims are uh, girls, uh, young girls and women. Um, it doesn't count out men and boys because we do know for a fact that they are trafficked also. This can be anybody. It can happen to, to U.S. citizens, foreign nationals, um, a lot of times we have, uh, especially with kids that are uh, uh, the LGBTQ population, these are kids that are already struggling in some cases with their sexual identity and, and trying to figure things out. And then they might not have such a supportive family or, or a support system around them. And so they might run away or be considered homeless. And when these individuals are out there, traffickers can tell who they should target, and they usually target the people that are the most vulnerable, these, these kids that are the most vulnerable, posing as, you know, potential uh, boyfriends or, or intimate, you know, they become intimate partners, and then things really shift, and, and the, the, the victim finds themselves in a situation that they don't know how to get out of. In what way is pornography, either legal or illegal child pornography, a factor in this or a uh, sort of a, a, a corollary to this conversation? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big factor. You know, we have some of the victims that have said that's how things have started out for them. 
um, and in many cases, the pictures are taken because that's how these victims are sold online. And you know, when you when you look at here's the thing when when you look at the victims victims are very reluctant to come forward because of the abuse and because of the threats and because of the the retaliation that they think is possible from the trafficker so they're not going to come forward on a regular basis and point the finger at the trafficker and and try to report um uh, and and have them brought up on charges It, it does happen but it's rare um, the trafficker themselves are, is usually the one that just stands back, um, basically, for lack of a better phrase. They don't get their hands dirty. They have everybody else do the work for them. The victim is the one that's always caught coming in or out of the hotel or you know, has the money in their hand before they turn it over to the trafficker. Contrary to popular belief, victims do not get one cent um, of of the money that's collected in, in the exchange or, or the item of value. It all goes to the trafficker. And, you know, but if we wouldn't have a demand for this type of criminal activity with the, the sex buyers, we, we would be taking a, a large chunk out of this, this, this issue right from the beginning. But the sex buyers that are out there, and this is what I read off when I looked at the statistics for Pennsylvania, you know, there's there's arrests for selling sex at like twice, two and a half times the the arrests for buying sex, and that's just in Pennsylvania. When you look at the national numbers, it's like three times that. Well, you mentioned that earlier about this disparity. Is that something we need to work on uh, in our society and our community, and maybe law enforcement's a, a factor there? Well, law enforcement is really stepping up, and, you know, we're working a lot with uh, local and and state law enforcement. We work with the FBI on particular cases, and, you know, there's there's really a big movement uh, to help these victims and treat these victims as what they are, victims. They're not criminals. They shouldn't be uh, charged with crimes when they're being forced into this life through through all the threats that are being made. You know, uh, there's there's a story that, that I share in, in some of my trainings where a young girl was actually thought she was going to be able to leave her trafficker and started packing, and, and the trafficker said to her as she was walking out the door, just remember, when you walk out that door, your 10-year-old sister will take your place. And so she stopped and turned back around and came back, and, and you know, because so many people are saying, well, why don't they just leave? They can just pick up their stuff and just leave, and they can go here and they can go there. Well, if they don't have a support system around them, where are they going to go? You know, running away from home and being homeless and, and having issues that put them vulnerable and at risk to begin with was what the started the situation here. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where when we look at what these victims need when they are being recovered from this life of trafficking. They just need to, you know, to start out with, they need the basics. They need food. They need clothing. They need housing. They need medical services. And and when I say medical services, I mean mental health and sexual assault trauma services as well. They need financial assistance. They need crisis intervention, counseling, community support. 
you know, the community, people in the community that don't understand trafficking or how it works or what it is are so quick to judge people and just assume that they're doing this because one morning they woke up and said, gee, today I want to be a prostitute. Yeah, at age 10 or 12 or 11 or at a young age. Okay, where do I get more information on this? It's a huge topic. Parents want to bone up on this. What's where to go? Well, you know, um, PolarisProject.org runs the National Human Trafficking Hotline. They have a lot of information, and they break it down by state. Um, You can also get on the uh, Commercial Sexual Institute uh, page at Villanova University. They have an annual report. There's a lot of information that you can pull off there. Transitions of PA. You know, we're posting a lot of information, and January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, so you're going to be hearing a lot more about this, and and we're going to be providing a lot more information in in the next couple weeks to come. So we're really going to do a blast, and hopefully people can really get on board. We need to start having conversations about how this is unacceptable and how these kids need our help, and they need our help so that they can be kids and enjoy their childhood transitionsofpa.org, the website. Heather, thank you so much. Always a real eye-opener, and we hope that uh, this is the uh, ongoing process of making uh, slow progress in this area. Thank you so much for the information. You're welcome. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Heather Schneider, Education Specialist, Transitions of Pennsylvania, uh, transitionsofpa.org, their website. Uh, Her appearance today, part of National Child Safety and Prevention Month and the education and outreach that was supported by the Union Schneider Child Safety Coalition's public education campaign. We thank Mike Pietzer, the Schneider County District Attorney, uh, gets uh, double producer credits here, making sure that we had a range of guests uh, to interview and that this was brought to our attention in the first place. So very much appreciated.